Hello, my foodpreneurs, and welcome to episode 20 of the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. And we've got a great episode here for you today because today we are going to talk about observations. Welcome to the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast, where we are building profitable food businesses, one product, one process, one thought at a time. Now here's your host, Dr. Michelle Fannin-Steele. My friends, my fellow foodpreneurs, thanks so much for joining me. It has been a really amazing week. I'm recording this on a Thursday morning when I normally record my podcasts. I got a couple inches of snow uh, overnight and my dog and my 10-year-old are outside shoveling. And let me tell you, it is a beautiful thing when you say, Hey honey, can you go outside and shovel? And they actually shovel. It's amazing. So I'm feeling super, super, super proud of my 10-year-old because he's amazing. He's going to be 11 soon, and I just can't believe it. So we've been doing a ton of work around here at the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute. It's getting on the end of the month. We're getting our workbook prepared for our March Power Group, and I'm so excited to get the workbook out there because... I'm doing uh, a process called Book Yourself Solid. So I am also a Book Yourself Solid certified coach in addition to going and getting certified as a life coach. And the Book Yourself Solid process has been absolutely and utterly amazing. And I just want to give you a little snippet of how I use it in my own business. And then we'll dive into what we're doing on the podcast today. But I want to give you an overview because... I want you to think about what it would be like if you could be this specific to your customers about what it's like to work with you. And so here's the, you know, when somebody asks me to describe what I do here at Derigo Food Safety and the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute, I, you know, I get, I get, um, I go on other podcasts, I get asked for bios, I'm in, I, I'm constantly submitting the locker for pitch competitions. And so I have to send bios out a lot and I have to find new and interesting ways to talk about what I do. Because if you can't talk about what you do, you can't make the ask. And if you can't make the ask, I don't care what you're selling, you're never going to sell it, right? People need an ask. And so we come up with these statements through the Book Yourself Solid process so that we can go out and serve the people in the world that we were meant to serve. And you know, here at the Deer, at Deergo Food Safety and the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute, we help producers and processors create wealth. And we do this by helping them solve the hard problems when it comes to finding food production and f- issues and finding space like the locker by meeting regulatory and market expectations through the power group, through one-on-one consulting. And what's more is they experience some deeper benefits of working with us. Financially, our clients make more money and they grow faster. Emotionally, they understand how their circumstances drive their thoughts and their thoughts drive their feelings. Feelings are everything. And when they act on deliberate thoughts, 
they change the whole course of both their inner conversation and the conversation they have with their customers. Frankly, our clients are physically safer at work because when you design in food safety, well, you design in worker safety. And I'd say the one big result that they have when they work with us is they build the business that they were meant to build. So if you want to be able to express all of that, come join us in the power group for March <laughs> and we'll send you a workbook and you'll join us. And we're, we're actually, we're talking about observations today. So today's like a little bit of an overview for what we're doing in March in the power group. And it's going to be absolutely amazing. Now we are also going to be offering book yourself solid as like a, a standalone course. So when that comes out, I'll let you know here on the power, on the power group and you'll be able to uh, sign up for it and, and take the course anyway. So that's going to be super exciting. And of course, uh, if you like what we're doing here, it makes a really, really, really big difference. If, you go and give us a five-star review. That's how the algorithms put us up at the top is by five-star reviews. So I would be so grateful if you could go leave us a five-star review on your podcast listening methodology of choice. Okay, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. I love you all. So let's just get going. So today we're talking about observations and I want to say something to you that I say to my clients, I say to my kids, I, say, I mean like I say to everybody, you miss more by not looking than by not knowing. There you go, there you go, there's the podcast for today. Look around, figure stuff out. You know, I actually had a vet school professor tell me this and it has stuck with me for all these years since vet school. You miss more than by not looking than by not knowing. And it's both that easy and that hard because actually the steps of doing an observation are slightly more lengthy than if um, than that if you are if you are making food for a living, which which most of you all are doing is making food for a living. Okay, and so the steps go like this. There are actually five of them. You observe what's going on. You decide what you're going to do about it. You do it. You write down what you did. And then you figure out what happens when steps one through four didn't actually work out the way you meant them to. And this process actually works for everything in your life. You're in the middle of an argument with your kid. What observations can you make about what you're fighting about? How are you fighting? What are you fighting? Be as specific as you can when you're making observations because it builds your understanding of your circumstances. And I know it's weird to start out a business podcast with talking about fighting with teenagers or kids, but tell me you can't take that same scenario of having a disagreement with somebody at work and make observations apply to work. I know you can, right? When was the last time you really observed what was going on at your plant or your office and then made an actual plan to do something about it? Because when you figure out how things really work at work, you'll get four key benefits. For first, not fourth, first, <laughs> observations help you learn your truth. Truth creates wealth and lies destroy it. 
every single time. Next, I want to tell you, standing around looking at people, just looking at them, builds bravery. Really. At the same time, frankly, it teaches your body core strength. <laughs> because standing in cold or coldish rooms and looking at people at work means you need to stand up straight. You need to hold your notepad to your core and write. Keep this up for five minutes and it's a pretty good isometric workout. And finally, you're going to get spiritual benefits because standing in your truth allows you to build the business or the job that you were meant to build. And that's really where we get stuck, right? That's what this is all about. Why do it at all? Why do the observations? And that's because building the business you were meant to build, it's work worth doing. So, well, how do you actually do it? Well, so the first thing we're going to do is we're going to figure out what you're going to go and observe and why. And we're going to start with that question. Why? Why are you making observations? Well, my FSIS regulated folks are going to say it's because FSIS requires it as a step of verification. And believe it or not, that why isn't going to sustain you for very long because FSIS said so is not a particularly compelling reason. That why leads to pencil whipping the paperwork. And pencil whipping the paperwork, I promise, is not the point. So let's settle into the six whys exercise because finding the fortitude to stand around and look at people is a skill you need to learn to be successful in the food business. I learned it as an army officer, but then I had a uniform to hide behind. I was an outsider and I had a job to do. But guess what? So do you. Let me take you through the six why exercise from when I learned to do observations. Okay, and you can kind of see my, my thought process. So the task, all right, you got to define what your task is, is observe a critical control point. Why? Because I, the auditor, need to make sure the CCP is being met. Why? Because meeting the CCP is a requirement of the HACCP plan. Why? Because that's how I determine that the company has controlled hazards. Why? Because the food they make has hazards in them that they choose to control. Why? Because they want to make safe food and I want to make sure they're making safe food. Why? Because our customers are at the heart of the process. Either the person I'm auditing is my customer and at the heart of the process, or their customer is at the heart of the process. And frankly, doing the six whys exercise is pretty good for any task or process because it helps you really hone in on why it's worth committing to. And in this case, our customers, well, they're worth committing to. It feels really good to be in service to our customers, doesn't it? I mean, I love recording this podcast because it feels really good to be in service to people out there who can't maybe afford one-on-one, -on -one, who, who aren't ready for the commitment of the power group, and yet I can still deliver all of this information, all of this life-changing, business-changing information to them anyway. That feels amazing. 
So now that you've come up with your why, let's figure out like what you're actually gonna observe. Well, if you have a HACCP plan or a preventive controls plan, observing a critical control point or a preventive control is probably the easiest thing to observe. So let's start there. Pick one, pick a CCP or a preventive control to observe this week. Schedule time to observe it on your calendar. And I mean scheduled time. Put it on your calendar and everything. And actually, I've come up with some pretty big breakthroughs this week. I've been working super hard on my own calendar and my own thinking around my calendar. And I've got some great things to share with you. And I cannot wait. Okay, so now you're going to schedule the time. All right, you're going to put it on your calendar. And you're going to commit to it like you're the most important person in your life. Okay, <laughs> then when the time actually comes to do the observation, here's what you're going to do. First, you're going to remember what you are committed to. And in our case, it's our customers. We're going to find that feeling in our body and we are going to hold on to it because doing observations is going to be uncomfortable and you need to learn how to be uncomfortable in service to your customers. Then I want you to go read the critical control point or the preventive control and figure out what the critical limit is and what the monitoring is. So all of that stuff should already be documented. Then I want you to grab a pen and a notepad and then you're gonna go gear up, put on your battle rattle as we say, and go into the production room. Then you're gonna go pick a spot near where the critical control point is being out, is being carried out where you can stand and you can observe, all right? So here are the steps of, of, of observing and thinking. And you're gonna wanna write these down, okay? Because you're gonna, there are 10 steps, all right? And it's, it's a little more involved than you probably think, okay? So I want you to stand there near the person carrying out the task you're observing and observe and you're going to have to think at the same time you're doing observations. Is the person doing the task doing it right? Is the critical limit being met? Okay, that's the first question. Second question. Is the ergonomics of the situation working? And by that I mean, is their body, their recording equipment, the flooring, anything else conducive to actually getting the work done? Or is their equipment, where it is on the floor, how they have to stand in relation to it, actually hindering the work? Question three. Are there any risks that you can see that are being overlooked, like condensation buildup, brooms on the floor, the PPE not on, uh, people touching the refuse containers and then touching the food? You'd be amazed at what you can see when you decide to sit there and look. Question four, what else do you see about the person doing the task? Make some more notes. Okay, then I want you to look at the ceiling. Is it in good repair? Make notes about the ceiling. Then I want you to look at the equipment. How's the equipment? How about those? Is everything functioning? Is anything rusty? I want you to look at all the seams. Uh, look at where the equipment's on the floor. Does it look like you have harborage points for bacteria, maybe especially listeria if you're in a ready-to-eat room? Okay. Then I want you to look at the walls. Are they clean? Are they in good repair? Make notes about all of these different sorts of things. In one five minute observation, you should probably be able to make at least one notebook page. And I mean like an eight and a half by 11, like notepad page 
full of notes, okay? Now, while you're taking notes, I want you to look at the floor. What's the floor like? Are there cracks? Do they need repairing? Are there big, you know, gouges in the floor? Can you see where the forklift is like driving, driving a well-worn path into your floor? All right, what needs repairing? You're always going to be arguing with your floors. I've never been in a facility that doesn't argue with your floors. And so just be realistic about it and put it in your budget and understand when cracks need repairing and, and when they can be left lie. All right, step nine. Look at the person doing the task again. Are they still doing it the same way as when you first looked at them? Okay, what happens is, is when I go in and I do observations, everybody is perfect for like three minutes. And the reason doing observations is about a 10 step process is because you need that time to elapse for people to figure out how to be comfortable with you around them and then go back to doing whatever it is that they really normally do, okay? By the time you get to step nine, they're back to doing their job the way they normally do it as if you aren't there. It, if you're doing this, probably three minutes has a lot elapsed, so all you have to do is figure out how to stand there and look around for three minutes, all right? That's your actual observation of the CCP and how somebody is actually executing the CCP. All right, and then finally, the wrap-up question, question number 10 is, is what questions do you have about what you see? Write those questions down so you can go back and do some thought work and do some deep thinking about how you can improve your process. Then you're, of course, you're gonna leave, you're gonna degown, you're gonna take your notebook paper and you're gonna go sit and think, right? And I guarantee you, if you do these steps, if you ask yourself these questions, you will have a solid five minutes of observations absolutely done, okay? Five minutes. Yes, my friends, that is all it takes. It takes five minutes. But then I want you to remember our list from the top of the podcast. Step one observe what's going on. Step two, decide what you're going to do about it. Three is do it. Four is write down what you did. And five is figure out what happens when steps one through four didn't happen. And my friends, we just completed step one. Okay, now you have a whole set of observations about your facility. And so here's actually step 1A that I didn't tell you about. You've got to separate your thoughts from the facts. Facts are things that everybody can agree on. The floor has a crack in it. That is a fact. The floor is out of compliance with GMPs is a thought. It may be, it may not be. Different people can have different opinions. Often when I'm doing observations at my clients, I have different opinions about their floor than they do. <laughs> okay. Why do we go out and we separate thoughts from facts? Because you'll solve problems better. Because it takes judgment out of your observations and allows you more freedom to think about how you are going to problem solve. Okay? When we take the circumstance out of it, we can just look at our thoughts. Because it doesn't mean we only deal in facts. We deal in thoughts. And in fact, to clean stuff up and make things work right in your facility, the first thing we've got to clean up is our thoughts. <laughs> All right? And I would propose that if you don't do the thought work well first, it's going to be super hard to get the floor patched because we call that working from the A-line. 
when you just decide, oh my God, the floor is a crack in it and we got to get it repaired, I guarantee you that thought process, all right, where you're not deliberative about, you say, there's a crack in the floor and go through all the things that you're making that crack mean, you're not going to get it repaired as well. I promise, because it happens all the time. All right, so you're going to get that list of facts, all right? We also call these circumstances. We have our list of thoughts based on our observations, and now we're going to dive in and we're going to tackle them. So I want you to go back and I want you to remember your why, because it's right about now that you are going to want to quit because this work makes you uncomfortable. But hey, at least for this part, you're like sitting down and not standing in a cold processing room, right? All right, so you're feeling uncomfortable, but you're gonna go and you're gonna look at your list and you're gonna remember your commitment to your customer. And remember, serving our customers feels good. It feels super awesome, all right? So armed with feeling good because you are serving your customers, look at that list that you created. Look at all the, the lists of circumstances, look at the list of thoughts that resulted from doing your observation. If you've observed a CCP, I want you to pull out your CCP documentation, okay, where you note the date and the time you made your observation and then write down and initial it. This is, if you are a USDA inspector, uh, inspected facility, this is a mandatory part of observations. You've got to date, time, and initial all your observations because they are verifications of your CCPs. All right, that just means your CCP work is completed Excellent job, great going. All right, I want you to do the same thing if you're observing a preventive control. Next, I want you to take a look at the other items in your list. For the things that have to do with repairs, training and the like, I want you to brainstorm ways to solve the problem. Pull out your strive model and really understand what's going on that you need to solve in your facility so that things like cracks in the floors can be taken care of, okay? If you noticed ergonomic issues, that first question of strive is, are people safe to do the task, all right? And if the ergonomics are bad, the answer to that question is no, and you have to fix that, okay? So schedule time to actually solve your problems. Write this down in your calendar, okay? Next, you're gonna write up all your observations if you haven't done that already as part of this process and file them away only once you've made an action plan for all the things you've observed. Then I want you to give yourself a pat on the back for showing up to yourself and showing up to your customers because great job, my fellow foodpreneurs, you did it, okay? That's really it. Observations are small, they're not terribly time consuming, but they are incredibly powerful for standing in your truth. So there are only two things you really need to remember. You miss more by not looking than by not knowing. And when you look, you create truth and truth creates wealth. Commit to doing your observations, foodies. Commit to doing it because it moves you forward, because it makes sure you're looking at things in your facility and standing in your truth. And that is guaranteed. Go stand in your truth, my friends, this week, and we'll see you next week. Hey, foodpreneurs. 
Have you thought about joining that power group and you're not really sure how to do it as a corporation? Well, I have super news for you. Starting this month, we are actually having corporate subscriptions to the power group where up to five people can join the power group. Y'all get workbooks, you get access to the membership site, access to the calls, emails to me to ask questions uh, so that you can come together and grow as a group. And I'm offering this super amazing value at just like, I mean, 50% off of the regular price. So five people from your corporation can join up with the power group for only $5.97 a month. It's super amazing. I would love to see you there. And if you want to join up, you can go to www.sfbdi.com slash power group and click on that second button on the page that says I'm interested in a corporate subscription and it'll take you right through there. Thanks so much. Have a beautiful day. You've been listening to Dr. Michelle Fannin Steele on the Smallholder Food Business Development Institute podcast. We hope you loved the show. For more information and show notes, please find us at sfbdi.com. Thanks for listening.